The following podcast is sponsored by SuperheroStuff.com. Sci-Fi For Me Radio presents Jason Hunt, Timothy Harvey. This is H2O. Now I'm broken. That does not surprise me, given our our month that we've had this month. <laughs> Greetings, everyone. Welcome to this episode of H2O. My name is Jason Hunt. And sitting next to me, as I adjust my microphone, that's what you hear in the uh, in the background there. The uh, there we go, because we had to reset the microphones for our interview with Ruth Lickvart, who is the chair of Worldcon. Right. And uh, your microphone is also short now because that's all right. I'm fine with that. All right. All right. I can yeah. see now. Mine's mine's taller now. Uh huh. Uh huh. All right, so uh, this is our, again, second attempt. Oh goodness, the technology has been the technology has been hating on us. Oh, I tell you, the gremlins, it, the, the, okay, a little bit of a little bit of inside baseball. We have uh, software that is really really old. Uh, for those of you who are who are familiar with Adobe products, uh, you know that you know the Creative Cloud is out there now, and sure. we're using that. Um, the version of Adobe software that's part of the cloud is something like what's eight, seven or eight or nine. Something like that. Something yeah. like I'm on four, mm-hmm. and as part of that, now it's it's legacy software. So you know, there's no support for it. There are still updates and there's drivers and stuff from you know, the archives. Right. But uh, it usually, whenever I have any kind of a problem, there's not going to be any any official fix right, or anything right. like that. So I occasionally will run across this really big, massive, lots of media project. In this particular case, it's a dance recital mm-hmm. that sometimes will break the software. Right. And so I had to reinstall it, uh, just completely uninstall it and reinstall it, and have been putting the updates back in. And we record on Adobe Premiere most of the time mm-hmm. when it cooperates. <laughs> and the last two times when we recorded the last last week's H2O and then again with Ruth's interview, uh, it, it recorded fine. I mean, the numbers were rolling and it was capturing. And, and when you hit stop, it pops up the little dialog box to say, where do you want to save it? As soon as you hit save or OK or whatever the button is. Then you get the little windows spinning. Pinwheel of doom. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's the same on Mac when when it just spins and spins and you're staring at it going, which god have I offended? Did I I forget to sacrifice the right animal this week? It's annoying because there's so much much to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there's not enough time to do it all, much less do it all twice. Right. (laughs) You know, so. Because realistically, I should be getting ready to go to spend my... 11 hour day Ouch. at the Fringe Festival. No, no, wait. No, wait. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Let's talk about 11 hour days. I know. Let's but... talk about 12, 14, and 16 hour days. Well, see, so the thing is that, is that what's interesting is that you are on a set because you've been working on this MTV shoot. And so you've got, and yes, there's a lot of downtime on a film set. We know this, but there's also right. a lot of running around. Yeah. And oddly enough, even though a significant chunk of my day involves setting sound levels, Pushing play, making sure, you know, all the little, at the, usually at the beginning and the end 
of a screening because I'm I'm running the film programs for the Kansas City Fringe Festival this year, and they're all the programs are playing today, so it's all back to back programs, which is great. It's fantastic. Get more people out there to see these movies. Um, but it's exhausting in this weird way where I'm sitting there going, I'm not doing anything really. Yeah. And that's the worst part is that you get because you're it's that hurry up and wait. So much of it is is yeah. not doing anything, and and instead of being constantly busy and on the move you have these little tiny bursts of activity and then nothing mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and, and that, that's that's tiring in and of itself yeah and so it's really it's it's a kind of, and not only the fact that i'm also juggling um we have several films in the program that are about fringe artists and every time someone screens their film they look at it and go oh god that's broken no <laughs> can i get you a new copy can i get yes you can get me a new copy it's not supposed to look like that yeah exactly so I'm I'm juggling filmmakers and I'm juggling artists and I'm juggling you know it's it's a lot of fun. I'm uh -huh. having a good time at, uh -huh. at running fringe. Uh -huh. But but yeah. <laughs> well and 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 this you know this comes you mentioned the MTV thing. We're finally 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 done. Oh god, I can't done. believe you said that. I can't believe you said that. Done. Mm -hmm. You are so screwed. Everybody left. Uh, you're, they're yeah, gone. they're they're. It's done. You're gonna We're get a phone wrecked. call Monday all the, morning. Now, all the gear shipped out. You're gonna get a phone the, call Monday morning. Jason, this caveat: I do have two pieces of rental gear mm -hmm. from the local shop that we found that has to go back. So Monday morning, I'll make that trip. Mm -hmm. But I'm not working. It's just I go in there, I drop it off. Say, you really shouldn't hey, have said that. This. We're done. You have I mean, so it's, it's you are wrapped. so. We don't even have equipment. Screwed. Hotels closed up. Uh huh. Okay. Everything's gone. Everything's uh -huh. Done. Finished. Gone. Everybody's gone. Uh huh. They are. Uh huh. They are. Okay. Don't come crying to me when you get the phone call saying. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> phone call comes. I'm gonna say I'm sorry. I've got all of my other crap that I've got to do that you. Oh goodness, yes. Because there's so much to do to be for there's, Worldcon, and yeah. and the good news well, is not only that Kansas City Comic Con Kansas right Comic -Con. in the middle of it too. Yeah. So. The good news is is that once we are past, you know, you're wrapping up with MTV, in theory. <laughs> I'm wrapping up with the Fringe Festival, um, and we can actually move towards this focus that we we've had in the back of our heads uh -huh. because it's not just you know it's not like you are just doing the mtv gig you've actually got other gigs as well and right. i've got the day job and and so this stuff has been there's been uh, uh we're accomplishing things but there's been this internal level of frustration oh, sure, sure. <laughs> well uh i had a i had um i had a panic attack the other night mm. uh because we had done two two weeks of night shoots right and some of those involve uh, what we call picture cars. These are these are vehicles that you rent to be in a scene when you shoot. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. And a couple of the picture cars are, are retired police cars. Mm -hmm. So you got black and whites, and we put the light bars on them so you mm -hmm. actually have cop cars in sure. the scenes. Right. Well, the the the, the standard practice whenever you move a vehicle. Mm -hmm. in, in during a production is that you honk the horn a couple of times, especially if you're backing up, because you right, want sure. people uh -huh. to be aware, yeah. hey, this car is moving. It's best not to run people over. So I'm asleep at home, and I don't know what, I, what, what it was. The only thing, I remember this little snippet. One of the police cars is about to back up. Mm -hmm. They honk their horn, they start moving, and I wake up thinking there's somebody in the house. Mm. I don't know why the two are connected. I don't know what happened, but it was just like this. Uh, 
Yeah. You know, this thing. And I'm like, no, there's nobody in the house. I'm the only one in the house. I think I'm the only one in the house. <laughs> you know, no, so. you got to check. Now I got to check. Uh, so anyway, um, so, uh, you know, you talk about us being busy. The the news cycle oh, the yeah. last three weeks. I mean, uh, Star Wars Celebration. Right. Then San Diego Comic-Con. Yep. Then Television Critics Association. Mm-hmm. All the things One, which two, have three. dropped a little bit of news. Yeah. A couple of three things. Yeah, a few things. Like all the news. <laughs> well, and McKenna, who is the host of Salacious Crumbs, mm-hmm. our Star Wars program over on Sci-Fi for Me TV. Yep. I'll do the plug there. there um, she, you know, we should have a little sounder. Anytime we plug one of our other shows, there should be like a little ping. Like like an angel gets the wings. Anytime we plug the show, ping. Well, you know, over on Apocalypse Now, we've started doing uh, disclaimers. You know, the uh, the producers of this program do not, you know. Oh, yeah, right, 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 right. So we've got, um, so we've got McKenna, who is stage managing a live production of Shrek, the musical. Mm-hmm. So she's been tied up doing all of that. Right. Which means no salacious crumbs right yet. In the middle of Star Wars celebration, I, know. I was like, ah, yeah. wait. Stop. Well, and, and there's all this news coming out, and you and I have been looking at it going, I really want to write something about that. Oh, I know. And it's like, I, I don't have any time to write anything about that. You know how many drafts I've got sitting <sighs> just waiting for me to do stuff? Because I've, uh, I've managed to get as far as compiling links to all of the source material. Mm-hmm. And so I, I kind of have been looking at some of it, just glancing through just to see, okay, this is... This is DC, this is Marvel, this right. is movie stuff, this is TV stuff, this is video game stuff, this is horror, and there's a ton of it. Yeah, I'm I'm leaning right now just because so much of my day is spent sitting in a car um, that has, you know, the doors are shut, It's the sound is relatively good, about just every time I, since I don't have time to sit down and write during the day, it's just like... Do, dictate. Dictate. Well, either dictate or basically just shoot a like a really quick video and go... This just came out. I think this is great. This is what I think. And, you know, run and... and and, and, and it, I, part of me sits there and goes, this is going to look kind of crappy. But at the same time, at least I'm able to do something more than I'm yeah. able to do right now with everything up in the air. So, so anyway. Yeah. All that to say, <laughs> we're going to spend this uh, this episode, I was about to say this hour, but yeah. it, it may end up being a little bit longer, uh, talking about the news from San Diego Comic-Con mm-hmm. because there is a lot of it and we will just barely skim yeah, the well, surface. Yeah, well, this will be a surface level kind of thing. Uh, because also, uh, in the next uh, week or so, we're planning on recording a level 117 to get in depth with the Marvel news and we'll talk Rogues Gallery. Uh, to, you know, we'll do a Rogues Gallery to talk about the DC news. Right. Uh, because there's a lot of all of it. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, D- DC and Marvel especially, we got, we got to talking about it the other day. And just that material alone mm-hmm. is enough that we could record an hour and a half, two hours on each each. Sure, publisher. and luckily that we do have these programs that we do focus on those things, so we can we can go into deeper uh, a deeper look on on, on all of this stuff. First of all, congratulations to all the Eisner winners. Yes, uh, the Eisner Awards announced at San Diego Comic Con, like they always are, the Friday evening mm-hmm. uh, this year, hosted by John Barrowman. Mm-hmm. Who cosplayed as host? Some pretty amazing cosplay. Yes, he started out as Zach, Zach Zap Zap Brannigan from Futurama. Then he changed into the unbeatable Squirrel Girl, which was a really was a awesome movie. costume. Yeah, it was. And then he cosplayed as Harley Quinn. Yep, Squirrel Girl, I thought was his best one. 
Uh, yeah, I'd agree. With that. I mean, he he actually, if you're going to do a live action Futurama, have you seen the live action Futurama short? I yeah, teaser I preview. Of it. I ha- yeah, it's, it's really uncanny valley creepy. Yeah, I mean, it's cool. I mean, I'm I'm very impressed. Yeah. but it's also like eh, I need an adult. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> or an adult beverage. Yeah, oh, that too. Um, but no, if they were going to do a, a live action one, though, he would he would not be a bad choice for Zach Brannigan. He could do that whole bombastic, oh, you know, sure. oblivious yeah. arrogance. That would be yes. fantastic. But yes. no, his no, his Squirrel Girl costume was really fantastic. You know, Squirrel Girl is getting, and I hate to even say this because I don't want to jinx it, but Squirrel Girl is getting a lot of press lately. Mm-hmm. And I find it interesting that the trajectory of that character in terms of awareness, mm-hmm. cosplay, discussion, online, blah, 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 is kind of following along the same lines that Deadpool did before okay, the movie sure. came out. Okay, yeah, sure. I could see that. And it's got me wondering if the unbeatable Squirrel Girl is going to show up somewhere. Well, I think that Either would be great. She'd be, you know, you know, of course, she couldn't show up on Jessica Jones yet because they don't have a kid. Right. But um, that would be a possibility at some point. Uh, <laughs> she could be in Avengers Infinity War because apparently there's some 72,000 Marvel characters supposed to be in that one. Well, yeah. Uh, but also the the discussion about who could who would play the character. Yeah. Because there's a lot of online chatter right now about Anna Kendrick. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Anna Kendrick has said, well, yeah, I play her. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah, so, no, it would be great. You know, that, it's interesting because, well, because she's also the kind of character that, I mean, Deadpool is, for all the fact that Deadpool is a hugely popular character, he's definitely a character for adults. Mm-hmm. And Squirrel Girl could be a character that you could actually target not only at grownups, but younger yeah. viewers as well. Yeah. And that wouldn't be a bad thing. What's interesting is that we have, if you go back and you look at over the last probably decade, maybe maybe longer than that, you've seen creators take these one-off characters, these really throwaway characters, and sit there and go, you know what? I could do something with this. And suddenly you have this character that is... Like Hellcat. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of them. And so you've seen some of these characters actually come out of, of... obscurity or relative you know in their little niche of whatever comic book they're running in and become this wider playing character it's it's really cool well the punisher came out that way oh sure well as so many characters did you look at you look at the suicide squad Mm -hmm. um you know deadshot was you know when you first saw deadshot he can look you know he looked nothing like the modern interpretation of deadshot he was kind of a throwaway character um so yeah it's it's really kind of amazing well we've got um a new Doctor Strange trailer. Right. We have the producers of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. now uh, acknowledging that since now we have magic in the mm-hmm. Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, they do confirm that we're going to have uh, um, uh, Ghost Rider right. not in the, the new season. Not the Johnny Blaze one. <laughs> yeah, not Johnny Blaze. It's the, is the, other, is the, current, the current iteration mm-hmm. of the character. Right. And um, also, if they well, – if, when – they uh, go back and focus on the Inhuman storyline a little bit more. Which, because it's off the schedule now. It's off the schedule on the on the cinematic side, which means they can expand what they were planning to do with the Inhuman storyline in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., mm-hmm. which means uh, some of the major Inhumans 
are no longer off the table. So that's what it looks like. Maybe yeah. Lockjaw, maybe Medusa, maybe Black Bolt. I don't know. Would you would you be able? Do you think they would be able to get Vin Diesel to play Black Bolt on the TV show? I think Vin Diesel would love to do Black Bolt anywhere. Um, it, you know, I think it really would depend on scheduling at that point because we've the real problem for so much of this and the crossover stuff. And they yeah. and they've been there's been a lot of talk in the last few days about the crossover issues um, outside of us, but it's still part of the all this news, right? Where they're basically you know once again reminding us that movie set schedules and TV schedules are hard, really hard to coordinate. Yeah, and according to Jeff Loeb, uh, it's all connected doesn't necessarily mean it's all connected. Right. It's, it's all a shared universe of sorts, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the, the characters are going to cross over and meet each other. Right. You might stuff. get the Sam Jackson stopping by to do an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. episode. You might, and potentially something like Vin Diesel, someone like Vin Diesel could come by. Um, it'd be interesting to see. I mean, we've seen we've seen some really impressive CG characters on television lately. We, we you know, um, Gorilla Grodd, Gorilla Grodd, King Shark, yeah. um, who apparently was going to be in the I Suicide Squad I if, if they that. could, but they figured out it would be too. They didn't want to do a full CG character all the time. I get that completely. Yeah, um, it is. It can be done. We've seen it done, um, but it is expensive. Yeah. to do something like that because it's not only you're motion capturing a guy or you know if, whatever. If he it is. was, if he was an incidental character, yeah, yeah, you know something like that. Yeah, sure. Throw Andy Circus in there and put him on a chair and shoot. For but from everything minutes. I hear, uh, uh, Killer Croc, I mean, the, the makeup looks great. The oh, practical yeah. effect looks yeah. right. So, yeah. but in in any event, um, you know, because we've seen this stuff on television, having Lockjaw. And for those of you who don't aren't familiar with the Inhumans, Lockjaw is a six, seven foot tall bulldog. That would be so teleporting funny. bulldog, uh, and you know, and and Medusa's hair and all the different things you could do. So it would be really cool to see because it would expand the television universe into the places they've already been going. Right. Uh, but we've been on the periphery of the Inhuman storyline with not even getting into the to the main characters that most comic book fans, if they know the Inhumans, they're familiar with well, the and, royal family. And this could also, uh, depending on how it plays mm. uh, and, and what fan reaction is, this could also eventually lead to an Inhuman series that maybe would live on Netflix. I'd be curious to see if they are, have any plans down the line to do anything with the Eternals, which is the other... Um, not quite human right. shares the world with humanity superpowered entities I'm, I'm curious too because the rumors persist that uh, Fox and Marvel have made some sort of a deal um, it that'd be interesting off because uh, Hellfire is not moving forward right. but uh, apparently there is another Besides uh, Legion, which we got a first look at, at San Diego, uh, besides Legion, there is also apparently an X-Men, like X-Men specific mm -hmm. series also in the works for Fox and um, for the Fox Network for television. And that has stoked the fires of rumor, mm -hmm. uh, you know, people speculating, well, if if Fox Network and, Fo you know, 20th Century Fox got the deal to make these two TV series using the X-Men, what did they have to give up? What did they right. offer to Marvel in exchange? And so a lot of people are still speculating because <clears throat> you have Marvel Comics 
current in the current storylines, killing off all the X Men. Yeah, and people are sitting there going, "Okay, well, this is what happened right before uh, Sony made the big deals because they they got rid of all the Fantastic Four. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, the thing is part of Guardians of the Galaxy, and and we got we got a trailer apparently that played in San Diego for Guardians Volume Two. Mm-hmm. We got confirmation that Kurt Russell was playing Star Lord's dad, right, and a giant living planet apparently. I I know. I'm looking not sure how it. that works. You know, you know, uh, IDW, and we're going to be jumping around a lot. Of oh yeah, there's so much. There's so much. Speaking of Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. uh, IDW, I think, mm-hmm. is going to do a crossover issue, a cross, crossover comic book uh, miniseries that uh, mashes up Big Trouble in Little China mm-hmm. with uh, Escape from New York. Right. So Jack Burton, Snake Plissken. Yeah. You know what it, know what it needs, though? What's that? It needs a shape-shifting alien, and suddenly the door kicks open, and a man in, in a parka steps in with a flamethrower. <laughs> and the universe explodes. Well, and you know who their tech guy can be is the 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 computer war tennis shoes. <laughs> which that kid in. Which, for those of you who have no idea what that is, cast your mind back to Disney Television. Disney, yeah. Well, Kurt back Russell, in the day, Kurt Russell got started with Disney when he was a mm-hmm. kid. Oh yeah, and you know the computer war tennis shoes in Sunday you know, nights on on the Dis- wonderful the world of, of Disney. Disney. Um, yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's our there's our sound effect. There we go. Whenever we plug, I'm gonna I'm gonna get the Tinkerbell sound Alrighty. effect. Alrighty. <laughs> and anytime we plug a show, sing. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we'll do. Well, and and there's a lot. There was a lot, a lot of news about Guardians coming. A lot of a lot of photos. Some, yeah. Um. Just a, another film that a lot of people are really excited about seeing. So much of the stuff that came out of Com- of, of San Diego was just well, fan. Another fan su- favorite stuff. Yeah, we got another Suicide Squad trailer. Mm-hmm, which looks good. Um, the Justice League teaser. The Justice League looks, teaser looks fun. I know. I'm like, wait a minute. No. Zack well, Snyder's not, not directing this one yet, is he? But Zack Snyder's wife, everything that we've seen from her indicates, yeah. and she's the producer, one of the producers, and she, it, everything indicates that she gets it, that she, she is aware of what people were unhappy about, and she does not wish them to be unhappy about it in the longer term. I find it money really, people often recognize yeah, money, that stuff. Yeah, the money people get it. The Warner Brothers people, especially up top. Um, uh, speaking of which, mm-hmm. now we know we know Zack Snyder probably acknowledges that there are issues that, that people sure. have with it without understanding why. But did you see Jeff Johns mm-hmm. got named president of DC Entertainment? This is a good thing. This is a very good. thing. This is a very good thing. Yes. Except Dan DiDio and Jim Lee are not going to answer to him. They yeah. still answer directly mm-hmm. to Diane Nelson, same as Jeff does. But that puts Jeff Johns in charge of pretty much everything except the publishing. Right. So not the comic. He's the chief creative officer for the comic books. So right. essentially, he's steering the ship sure. there too. Sure. But now he's in charge of all of it. Yeah. And you know, not just DC films with John Berg. You know that that goes into the interactive stuff, the online stuff, mm-hmm. the video game stuff, animated stuff. I mean, whatever falls under DC Entertainment right. as an entity is now his sandbox to play. Which is I, I think is I think is great. He has his detractors, but I think he's one of those those writers who understands the characters in a way and he understands legacy characters and he understands continuity and yeah. history. And I think that's the key to making the making rebirth work and making the 
I don't say revitalization of DC Comics is the legacy, is the understanding of where these characters have right. been, where they've come from, that trajectory that's you know 50, 60, 70 years old. Right, which completely got derailed with the new 52. Yeah. And it's it's coming back around in large part, it seems, from from where they're they're going now. And I think it's an interesting way to do it mm-hmm. with the you know the introduction of Doctor Manhattan and the Watchmen and all of that. You know, However, you uh, feel about the incorporation of the Watchmen characters, you know, yeah. whatever. But still, it's, it's yeah, interesting from a story standpoint. Oh, yeah. it's an interesting uh, interesting way to do it, rather than just do a, a complete reboot reset mm-hmm. like you normally would. Right. Yeah, they're actually. They're actually creating a story around. Well, that. and I, th- I think they so. recognize that honestly. While while for some of us who are who were not happy with the new Fifty Two, it did bring in some new readers, and they're they're not only treating the new readers with dignity on this, but also treating the old readers with dignity, which is what a lot of the old readers felt that they basically had been have offended. To say old, older, previous, previous established readers. There we go. Um, we oh, did. By the way, <laughs> did you see? Um, out here, uh, on out in the front in the front yard, on my lawn, I got new lawn. I got grass. Yeah, I saw out that. There, I out saw by the sidewalk because you know they replaced the water main. More lawn for you to tell people to get off of. Oh, exactly. Yes. Ah, that's new lawn. Get off it. That's right. <laughs> so yeah, it's. Uh, I, I, so I think it's a really good thing. It, it bodes well for the lo- bigger picture of of the DC or the DC universe, uh, cinematic universe. Uh, and I think we're already seeing a really strong presence over on the television side. And the Wonder Woman trailer looks fantastic. Oh, wow. That looks so good. You know what I want to do? Well, when I saw... Uh, there are two things, two things that, that stuck out. Mm-hmm. One, there's color. <laughs> two, that lasso is glowing oh, yeah. really brightly. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, hey... Because we saw the lasso in Batman versus Superman, and it glows, but it doesn't have this kind of intensity. This is right. a much more just yeah, this there is in your face. You know, well, I think thing. I think you're going to be able to expand and play more with the mystical, magical side of of this because okay. you got a whole film to play in. And I thought it was interesting. I mean, we, you know, Captain America quite justifiably owns World War II in the in in the minds of so certainly the movie going audience, right? Right. right? But Wonder Woman came out of World War II as well in the comics. And so p- moving it back to World War One, which in many ways, for all the horrors, and, and I'm not discounting the horrors of World War II by any stretch of the imagination, World War One was one of the darker periods of mankind yeah. behaving badly. And the trench warfare, I mean, just, so putting this character who is, a you know, a, this warrior princess, um, who is ultimately supposed to be a beacon of hope uh, in and this dark, of peace. and this dark, dark place, I think yeah. is a really interesting choice. And I like it. I'm, I think it's going to be very powerful. I want to take... Um, there's a there's a fan trailer mm-hmm. that was put out. Oh, I want to say maybe about a year ago. <clears throat> that incorporates footage from the War Horse movie that Spielberg right, made, yeah. uh-huh. and it's got clips from a Wonder Woman short fan film that has Riley Vanderbilt playing Wonder Woman. Mm, sure, some of the fight scenes from that. And I want to look. I want to do a side by side comparison because it <laughs> look they look. I mean. Whoever had done the fan trailer really got the feel for what's happening in this film. Because if you look at the official trailer, right, it's you know it's that same kind of vibe. And I was thinking, hmm, I wonder <laughs> things that make you go hmm. You know, remember when hey, Arsenio Hall had? Hey, a do, show? You, do you remember when? Remember when uh, people were concerned about the casting on Wonder Woman? Mm-hmm. Remember that. I remember that. Any, do you hear anybody really complaining now? Not so much. No, well, me either. See, 
that could go two ways. Mm. It could be either Gal Gadot did a really fantastic job, or she was at least better than everything else. So we have other things to complain about. She's the least of our worries. Well, honestly, I think I think if you look at Batman versus Superman, the one thing you actually cannot complain about is nobody was a poor actor. In those, movie, in those movies, how you feel about the perf- with the characters they were playing? Right. The actors all did a fine job with what they had. True. Because um, I think that you know, I, I I'm still not buying Eisenberg as Luther though. I didn't like that. I, I, and I, th- I think you you would probably benefit in that regard from watching the director's cut, which okay. I think is it. Well, it's and I've said this before. It's a better movie in terms of a movie, right? Not necessarily a better Batman versus Superman film, right. but a better film in general. Um, that's a sideways endorsement, I guess. Um, but you but do it's still not saying much. Well, yeah, it's it well, it's thirty minutes longer, and it's all character development. So Spe- you get Lex Luthor stuff in there. Thirty minutes doesn't always make it better, though. Oh God, I know. <laughs> because we're finding out from reactions on the Killing Joke. Oh. That thirty minutes can just really mess things up. So I've seen it. Yeah, Kendall saw it. He sent me a text. He says, I could do without the first 30 minutes. Yeah, first 30 minutes. The first 30 minutes. Okay, so the, the the issue arises from the fact that The Killing Joke is a graphic novel. Um, as a story, is not a feature-length story. Right. Right. Um, and it looks like, basically, it's about the last 45 minutes of the film is The Killing Joke. Okay. And the first 30 minutes is new material about... Uh, Batgirl. And we've heard the intent, right? So the intent was to... Exp- you know, give you more of Batgirl, give you more of a sense of, of who the character is. So make you care about her more when the thing stuff, what happens to her. Happens. Right. And and here's where things get here's where things get weird because if you're a comic book fan and you read The Killing Joke back when it came out, you knew who Barbara Gordon was. You knew who Batgirl was. You were the target audience for that. You didn't have to have all this backstory. Right. But once you get into movie land once you get into to releasing stuff for the general public to get the general public either remembers batman 66 or michael keaton's batman well but your alicia silverstone uh, those are your yeah, Batgirls, yeah, right right sure okay Batgirl, and so yes. so it's you're not talking like huge you know cultural in the broader sense right 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 so here, they're, they're saying is okay. We gotta we gotta give the bigger audience, right? We gotta give the bigger so who this is. So that when the terrible thing happens, you care. You care, and it is. I'm gonna I'm gonna say bungled badly. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. I, I, yeah, I, mishandled. You're being generous. I'm being but, very generous. Yeah, and um, and it, it, it's disheartening to hear Bruce Tim talk about this in a way that I'm looking at and going, how can you not? Well, understand and, what went wrong here. And the panel apparently did not go well. Um, I think yeah. it was Brian Azzarello, uh, who was basically saying... I can't, yeah, it might have been. It's it's a controversial story, so we'll just add more controversy. And yeah, apparently he no. didn't handle the hecklers very well. Name-calling uh, apparently happened. Yeah, and, 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 a, and yeah, it's at the end of the day, what ends up happening here is you... you you have two problems, okay? The first and the biggest problem is that Barbara Gordon comes across, Barbara Gordon Batgirl comes across as a character who is defined by the men around her. Well, she becomes the MacGuffin. And, and yeah, and, and this is not how you, this is not how you do something where you want to give a character more depth. You don't make them into a reaction character who is 
pining for a guy, right. which is basically what she is. Well, and ultimately, <clears throat> though, and I think this is something that, and whether it's whether it's Bruce Tim and Paul Dini or whoever whoever else is involved with any of this, James Tucker or or, mm. or you know whoever those guys, Sam Liu, what's missed is that this is not a Batgirl story. No, this it's is not. not a story. It's not even a story about Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. This is a story about Joker and Batman. How far they can go? Mm-hmm. How far Joker can push Batman? Right. What buttons can he push? Just take him to the edge mm-hmm. of, you know, how is he going to react when it gets really, really, really extreme? Right. And both Barbara and Jim Gordon are not agency characters in all of this. They are both victims. They're mm-hmm. both uh, they're both plot devices to get us to that confrontation, that final confrontation in the in the mirror maze right. between Joker and Batman. And it's that it's that final when Joker is trying to explain everything, is like, you know, I just woke up and I realized everything was crazy. And I mean, right. why, why aren't you laughing? And Batman says, Because I've heard it all before and it wasn't funny the first time. Mm-hmm. That that whole thing right there is the is the is the climax mm-hmm. of this this plot that's been building from the very beginning that starts with that meeting in Arkham. Right. We're going to end up killing each other. Yeah. And Batman's like, I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. We've, you know, we're on this trajectory and that's the beginning point of it. And it defines the rest of the thing because we're on this trajectory of destruction. Right. And here's Joker doing what he can to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And Batman has the choice of how he's going to react to it. Batgirl and and Commissioner Gordon are incidental to that. And I think that's one of the things they missed yeah. coming into making this adaptation. And, and not just, not to discount the characters in the in the killing joke because I mean Barbara is not a two-dimensional character in two-dimensional medium, but she's not a two-dimensional character. Jim Gordon is not a two-dimensional character in the context of the story, but Right. Now, what well, they sh- honestly what they should have done is they should have actually give if you want to you want to expand it, then you give us slice of life moments you don't give us the whole right. you know you give it you you show us jim gordon being you know police commissioner you show him and barbara interacting yeah because and that that adds to the impact the of family the family side of it right because ultimately he's attacking the he's not only just attacking batman he's attacking batman's family to get mm-hmm. to batman right and and this is where i think they 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 missed it the other problem is because god knows i could go on for a while about this the and, other and and we will and we will gallery. The other problem is is that the second the last forty five minutes is almost too faithful an adaptation. I think that really is be, without that that change the tone changes. Yeah, when yeah. The book starts in the and movie. I think that 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 is it's it's a jarring thing. But not only that, you cannot capture the art style, or or, or they didn't. Okay, they did they did not directly capture the art style from the comic, right. and so you almost want to see and feel it be different just because it's a different style. And I think it's. And it's a little yeah. disappointing because I mean the cast. You, oh, I mean, it's a you great got cast. Ray Wise playing Jim Gordon. You've got mm-hmm. Tara Strong playing Batgirl. You've got uh, Kevin Conroy and Mark Hamill back as right. Batman yeah. and Joker. So the cast—it's it, a phenomenal cast. It's just they didn't have very good material to work with this time. I—I I suspected at the beginning when mm-hmm. they said we're going to do Killing Joke, and it's going to be R-rated. I suspected even back then. I even—I espre- expressed even here on the show my misgivings mm-hmm. about doing that show, yeah. uh, doing that book. Um, 
But yeah, it's uh, it's a disappointment. What the other animated news though we got from DC right. is Justice League Dark. Yeah. With Matt Ryan and this Constantine. <laughs> I'm very excited about. And I think it's interesting because you've got so many characters in there that are that would be tough to do in live action or mm-hmm. very expensive to do in live action. Etrigan, uh, Swamp Thing. Yeah. I mean, to do Swamp Thing properly, you need to sit there and go, right, here's the money. Take Ray, it all. You know, Ray Wise was in that movie, too. Yeah. Wasn't he? No, no Ray Wise? No, 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 no. That uh, was, um, I'm sorry. Uh, Robert Jordan. Ro- uh, 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 no, no, that's not right either. <laughs> Louis Jordan. Louis Jordan. Louis Jordan. Louis Jordan. That's Louis right. Louis Jordan. Yeah. That's right. I'm sorry. I, what was I thinking? Ray Wise. Uh, well, I mean, Ray Wise is at everything. But well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Well, and and oddly enough, you remember, cast your mind back. It's one of those forgotten uh, superhero movies. But the first Swamp Thing film was actually relatively successful. Yeah. For a low budget p- picture, it was actually pretty successful. Speaking of that, no. I have, and I I think it's still I think it's still a thing on our YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. I've got an interview with Adrienne Barbeau. Yes. From Swamp Thing. Yes. Uh, back when she was in Topeka at uh, ch- uh, the Chill, I, I can't even remember the name of the of the convention that was there. But it was a convention it was, it in Topeka, a, yeah. A convention you interviewed Adrian. And I interviewed Adrian Barbo. Yeah. It was like four or five years ago. Yeah. Now, so it's a long time. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what else? What other, what other news? Um, we've got uh, Kong. Yeah, Skull Island. We got a first uh, first look at some of that, and apparently, which I'm actually okay with. Apparently, mm-hmm. let's get a little TMZ on you right Uh-oh. now. Uh oh. Um, you know, you know, uh, Swift is a thing right now. Right? Yeah, yeah, All right, yeah. Tom Hiddleston. For those of you who have missed it, Tom Hiddleston and Taylor Swift are a thing. So, so we're gonna get the. Taylor Swift Loki theme? Is that what's going to happen? No, 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 no. Uh, apparently, <laughs> uh, the the Comic-Con people asked Tom not to bring Taylor. Taylor Swift was not invited to the press junket for Kong, you know, for, you know, doing all this publicity for the, for the King Kong movie. Um, leave your girlfriend at home because we don't want a media circus around Taylor when we're trying to promote the big 800-pound gorilla. Honestly, that's okay. And, and and in all fairness to the folks, you don't need more people at San Diego. No. There's all, <laughs> all the people are there. So the rest of the well, city is basically empty. And they're the, all there. And if the Swifties showed up, they wouldn't know what to do with any of the rest of Comic-Con, right? No, no, no. Is a thing? Is that, no, is no, that no. Called, is that what they call Let us not fans? discount the toilet, Taylor Swift fans. They may be genre fans, too. Well, sure, sure. Well, I think I think Taylor's a, a genre fan because she's been on the set visiting uh, X-Men. There's rumor, there's rumor that she's going to play Dazzler at some point. I would actually be okay with that. That would not bother me. Well, and you know, and she's done. Uh, what was that one that 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 music video that she did with uh, Selena Gomez and all of the other right? People yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was very that, genre that focused. James yeah. Bond type of thing, very genre. I think she's a fan. Oh, she probably she is. Well, I think a lot of people are. I mean, that's yeah. just that's just the reality. Is that there? They, I, there's this idea that that genre fans are, you know, over there, but no, they're not. They're everywhere. We're you know we're all, we're. We're everywhere. Yeah. We're standing right behind you. But when you talk about the Ego Awards, you can stand over there. <laughs> we don't want your kind. Oh. We want everyone. I, and, and no, and I and I say that, and I was talking to Ruth uh, about that for the Worldcon, and she said that 
I mean, of course, this is all anecdotal still. Right, yeah, sure. But uh, from what she's been seeing as far as discussions and stuff about the Hugos, it does not appear, at least at this point, does not appear that this year's Hugos are going to be as contentious as last year's. Last year, she said, I, she said, her opinion is that she thinks people in the aftermath of all of that, mm-hmm. people kind of looked at everything and they looked at the scorched earth and they went, <laughs> we kind of did a bad thing. We kind of well, got they, ugly with each other. It's they, not people what they recognized, want. People recognized that they got down in the mud yeah, and yeah. got ugly and it's like, yeah, it kind of got a little bit too far. Well, humans and emotions and strong feelings and yeah, light the fuse and watch things yeah. go boom. I still have only read one Hugo yeah. nominee. I need to I need to sit and read others because we I mean they're going to be here in 3 weeks. Yeah. So, um all the time we have. Oh yeah. Speaking of time, we're going to take a break. Yes. We're going to refill coffee mugs and we will continue our discussion of San Diego Comic-Con on the backside of the break. And uh, if you have comments or thoughts or suggestions of, of things that we can talk about, or if you have thoughts about the news coming out of San Diego, don't forget you can send us a note, h2o at sci-fi-for-me.com. Uh, we are uh, at some point going to start reading from the mailbag, Yeah. Um, assuming that we get emails from you. So uh, we're going we're gonna to go uh, refill coffee, and uh, we will be right back when H2O continues. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Where can you get the latest cool superhero and sci-fi merchandise? SuperheroStuff.com From t-shirts to keychains to cookie jars and everything in between. Superhero Stuff has added more buyers to the staff, which means more stuff, which means more for you to choose from. And don't forget the Hero Box, the must-have superhero mystery box. A $70 value, just $49. Visit SuperheroStuff.com today and gear up with your favorites. SuperheroStuff.com where heroes shop. I'm meteorologist Brian Busby. If you're traveling to a convention this weekend, especially if you're a cosplayer, it helps to know what the weather's going to be like. Rain and fur don't mix very well, now do they? That's why every week, Sci-Fi For Me gives you the weather forecast for every city hosting a convention. Those we have on our list, anyway. And that's worldwide, not just in the United States. It's part of our commitment to bring you content you won't find anywhere else. Just click on the Conventions tab over at SciFiForMe.com, your portal to the science fiction multiverse. Whoa, where'd you get that shirt? Bought it at the convention last week. It's an atomic cotton design. Atomic cotton? Yep, they got t-shirt designs from sci-fi, horror, cult films. All the shirts were really unique and fun. I had to get one. I gotta wait for another convention, though. Nope. AtomicCotton.com. I ordered a shirt. Shipping was super fast. Atomic Cotton, where Erica and Zach combine their passion for art and film to create wearable art. All original, made with a love for the genre. Coming to a convention near you very soon. Or find them on the web at AtomicCotton.com. Atomic Cotton. Shirts and art for fans by fans. Star Wars fans, McKenna Riley here inviting you to join me for the latest news, rumor, and innuendo from a galaxy far, far away. Salacious Crumbs only on Sci-Fi For Me TV. I can neither confirm nor deny that we are old men. I'm not going to deny it. At this time. Uh, Back on H2O, Jason Hunt here along with Timothy Harvey. We have coffee in hand. More coffee. And we desperately need it. Good Lord, yes. But hey. We have cool things to talk about. We do. Um, okay, we were talking about Kong, Skull mm-hmm. Island. Yeah. Let's see. Some of the other... We got a Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Them poster. 
Uh, I think tonight, tonight the uh, the Harry Potter sequel opens, or or the the script comes out, or something tied in with that. It's a huge deal. Did, did you guys know there's a Harry Potter sequel? There's a Harry Potter oh, sequel. Oh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. No, no, the stage oh, show. Oh, the, oh yeah. yeah, right, right, right. And I'm hearing. Uh, I think we got reviews posted. Is is what I was hearing. And I hear they're good. Yeah. So we've got um, also uh, there was a trailer for Legends of the Hidden Temple, right? Which is based on the Nickelodeon game show. Mm-hmm. So we get that. Um, <laughs> there's a movie. There's an animated movie, and this is the first time hearing about this. Uh, we talked about Anna Kendrick earlier, right? Yeah. She and Justin Timberlake are voicing characters in an animated picture called Trolls. No. Oh. Which is not about the internet. That's a different movie. Yeah, it's based Yeesh. on it's based on the little troll doll. The ones with the hair. Yeah, with the, the spiky hair. Uh huh. The trolls. Yeah. So okay. that's I have no idea what it's about, but it's about trolls. Um. And uh, mm. we got confirmation: Charlie Hunman will not hunt Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam will, will not be not in Pacific be Room Two. It's just a scheduling issue. It's it's. Yeah. I guess that was what it came down to, and they had to rewrite the script because he was not able to oh. be involved. And uh, we got a trailer for Mouse Guard. Right. And there was something Hideo Kojima put something out that people are sitting there going, "What is this? Mm. What is this, Kojima? You know, because Kojima got name checked in The Force Awakens." Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, he's because he was rather unceremoniously let go from um, right. Ko, 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 Konima? What was Konami? Konami. Konami. Yes, um, yeah, that was, and depending on, on where you heard the story, mm. um, there's a lot of different stories swirling them all around all about that. So, right. It's a very curious situation. And we've got uh, Max Landis writing a Pepe Le Pew movie. Yeah. <coughs> okay. Not sure how that's going to go. And we got a little bit more uh, rumor and, and word about the Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. reboot movie. Apparently right. it now has a, a new screenwriter, I think is what I heard. Uh, so it's moving forward again. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Brian Fuller is still involved as a producer. but I believe um, so, yeah. yeah and. This is not even. This is not even necessary. Uh, Why are we well, doing? But we're this? getting new Stargate movies too, uh, and we're getting a reboot of the Stargate franchise. But it's not necessary. I know. I know. I well, know. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what. Although I don't think it's necessary, I completely understand Emmerich wanting to do it because he does feel like the story he set out to tell he didn't get to tell. And I understand that. On the other hand, yeah. the fact that he really is not been at all quiet about the fact that he has no intention of having anything to do with the television universe. And that's fine. I get it. I understand it. Sure. Um, it is, I think, I think it has... It's disappointing. It's though. a little alienating to some fans. Yeah. Um, speak, oh, a- Aliens. Did you see there was a 30th anniversary panel for mm-hmm. Aliens? And we, somebody, well, somebody on our staff... Uh, will be at least assisting the Q&A at uh, Kansas City Comic Con. Carrie Henn, mm-hmm. who played Newt, right. uh, is going to be there. There's going to be a Q&A session with her. I'm sure she so has opinions about the fate of her character and the current... I'm sure she does, because there is a very real possibility that she could be coming back to the next one. 
the 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 Neil Blomkamp one, the the sequel, right? Because the, the not the Prometheus prequel set, the right because Alien the, well, 5 from what they're talking about, this is going to ignore Alien Three and Alien Four. Right. And I have to say, I am actually one of these handful of defenders of Alien Three, um, because I personally enjoyed it going. It went dark. It yeah. went in, in, in what in because I mean Alien Aliens is an action adventure movie with with bugs. Sure. And so Alien Three is a horror movie. Alien Three felt a lot more like Alien One to me in terms of tone. Sure. However, right. you know, no, I wasn't fan about losing a uh, uh, fan of losing uh, uh, Hicks and Newt and Bishop, um, even getting Lance Hendrickson back at the end, sort of. Yeah. Uh, so I, I'm I'm kind of okay with it. Like that was a that was a hypersleep induced dream. <laughs> yeah, that um, was a nightmare. I feel so much better now. Everyone's alive. Yes. Now on on television, <clears throat> uh, Rick Springfield is coming to Supernatural as the devil. I think I'm on board with that. And over on Lucifer. You've got um, uh, 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 what's her name? Trisha, uh, yeah, Trisha Helfer playing the Devil's mom. Okay, so for those of you who read my reviews, both in Battlestar Galactica, I know. I know. If those of you who read my reviews of of Lucifer or watched them when when I was doing video ones, um, you know that this is very much departed significantly from the comic book universe. Okay, oh, yeah. the basic premise is there, but it's 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 gone wide wide and very far afield. The Devil does not have a mom, mother. In the comic book. Well, the devil doesn't have a mother, but... But in, 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 semantics. In, in semantics. Um, but at the same time, the idea of the devil having a mom <laughs> <laughs> and the devil be like, and the devil being afraid of his mom is oh, yeah. funny. It is. I'm actually looking forward to this because if nothing else, for all the, for all the fact I felt that show had some missed opportunities throughout the... the especially the middle of the season... Um, it was never the fault of the actors having a good time, and that's right. one of the things. One of the ways that I can I could certainly <clears throat> tell everyone to watch that show is that you could get to watch a cast have a good time, and that makes a big, big difference. You can tell when actors are enjoying themselves. Oh yeah, yeah, you can tell. Um, uh, what was uh, what was one? There was one. Oh, mm -hmm. I've gone blank now, but clearly. Um, yeah, okay, moving on. <laughs> I've only had a cup and a half of coffee today. Give me a break. Um, uh, Preacher. Yeah. The next season apparently looks to be the road trip from the comic book. Right, so so as we're wrapping up our coverage, uh, this Sunday is the, is the end of the first season. It looks very much like this entire season is essentially a prequel to the comic in the sense that if all goes where I think it's going, and I'll not give spoilers here yeah, to on this, if all goes where I think it's going, then we are looking at um, a very climactic, possibly traumatic uh, final hour of this season. And then next season's going to be... Um, the road trip searching for God. Insane. Uh, in kind of an awesome way, because if you've been watching the show, you already know that it has gone places where you're looking at the screen going, I can't believe you just did that. Yeah. And th for those of you who have missed it, you should be listening to Zumpocalypse Now, yeah, which we're... is uh, the, the All Things Dead uh, podcast. So Walking Dead, Preacher, 
Uh, Fear of the Fear Walking the Dead. Walking Fear of the Walking Dead. Dead is coming back. There's no rejoicing. Fear of the Fear of the Walking oh, Dead. Yeah. We have we have moderate <laughs> hopes for for a better second half of the season. All right. So, um, AMC, mm-hmm. which is where all of this happens. You know, Walking Dead and Fear of the Walking Dead. Right. And all yep. that, and Preacher apparently has a new show in development mm-hmm. called Geeking Out. Yeah. It's Kevin Smith and Greg Grunberg. Now he's got two of these shows. Mm-hmm. He's got Comic Book Man. He's got Geeking Out on AMC. And I'm sitting here thinking, where's our contract? Why can't we get <laughs> something going with something? Okay. Well, we have to make we have to make a feature like Clerks that makes an incredible return on investment. And there's always something. Yeah, I know. Always a pre. Oh, there's news that we're speaking of sequels um, and and low budget movies. Uh, Blair Witch Project is getting a sequel, um, and their rumor is the trailer. Okay, it's a trailer, right? And you just don't know, but the trailer's actually creepy. Yeah. And the word is that the film's actually scary. Which my response was, "Oh, we're getting a scary Blair Witch movie. Cool." Um, for the first time, because <laughs> the first film was terrible. Um, well, but yeah. I think you know it. But it, it was hugely influential in the horror genre at the time. Right. And whether well, I well, not only not only a horror genre, but also the whole found footage. Oh yeah, I mean it. It does have some. It does have some sins to answer for in that regard. But um, there have been some decent found footage films, even though I'm not a huge fan of the genre, that sub genre of horror. Uh, I mean, Chronicle is a found footage movie, and it's a pretty good. You know, yeah. it's it's the best American Akira we're ever going to get. So you say? No. We're still going to get an American Akira. Like I said, it's the best American Akira we're going to get because Akira should be a Japan-based story. You see, um, other horror news, American Horror Story uh, had, uh, uh, I guess, a a virtual reality thing out there that you could go through. but I that think there were some other ones. Kind of awesomely terrible. There were some other <laughs> terrifying. <laughs> uh, some other virtual reality experiences mm-hmm. that that you could go through there. Um, and then also, um, you know, you talk about witches. Uh, we've got Salem mm-hmm. over on WGN, right? Uh, which is going to be witches versus the devil this year. Apparently, the devil is coming to Salem as well. He's a busy guy. Well, you know, lots of evil, lots to do. We got a trailer for The Exorcist. For Fox, and word is that it looks really good. Well, and I think, you know what? I think I think there's something that's happening here with some with the explosion of television, and and it and it's it's this sort of second sort of renaissance, this this second mm-hmm. time of great TV that we're seeing to be getting. Um, I think some of these folks are being really, really focused on making sure they give something that will be good. I mean, yes, you're still going to have the direct that comes out every season because there's always something awful. But some of these things actually, you know, when you're, especially when you're dealing with a, a, something like The Exorcist, you know, uh, The Omen or Damien, Damien didn't, Damien didn't do so well. No. Um, because I think it missed the point. Um, so I'm curious to see, because everything we hear is good and it's like, all right. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah. Um, okay, so, so that's. That's scraping the server, and we haven't even gotten into oh, video good games. Lord, the good tele- no. But the television news. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got uh, The Tick. we got a preview of The Tick. Right, Bible, right. Amazon. Um, Crater, the, uh, the, the writer, the creator of The Tick is actually really excited about it. 
Riverdale apparently looks to be real interesting mm-hmm. and and kind of kind of subversive, creepy. Um, Star Trek. Yeah, yeah the new trailer. Um, oh, before we do that, yeah. Uh, Lee Majors as Ash's dad in uh, Ash versus Evil Dead. That's there's a there's a there's it's a like Christmas, and he's holding a boomstick. It's like Christmas. Ash, it's yeah, like Christmas up. and Halloween all rolled into one. I know it's it's all of our childhood oh, TV stars. It's just back. well, I'm, and I I'm ready for David Soul and uh, and Paul, uh, Paul Michael Glaser to show up and something. <laughs> You know, yeah, Guardians of the Galaxy three, <laughs> Starsky and Hutch, <laughs> and they're playing. And they should be in the Nova, Nova Corps. Corps. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Marvel, I, I, Marvel, send the check too. Exactly. Yeah. We, we should oh, get. Oh, that would be funny. That would, oh, that'd be perfect. That would be, that would oh. be absolutely. Got to leap over a spaceship. Well, and you see, slide across uh, yeah, the. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Well, uh, 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 oh, Star Lord kind of did that in the first movie. You know, I know when he was getting away yeah. in the in the preview. So um, mm. we also have word from Marvel Comics. Apparently, Rick Ryder, Star Lord, mm-hmm. is coming back to the printed comic books. Uh, Rick Ryder, uh, Nova. Nova. Yeah. Right. Sorry, not Star Lord. Rick. Yeah, Nova. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that. Plays. Yeah. But um, Star Trek, we got a we got a teaser, right? And it is test not footage. Yeah, uh, is... see, everybody is just like, oh, just don't tell me. It's test footage, right? And there seems to be some blowback about the design of the ship, which is very Ralph McQuarrie um, mm-hmm. design for or Heavily Phase Two. Yeah. And quite frankly, I liked it. I do too. I I think it's I think it's it's a neat design. Uh, I recognize it right off the bat. Oh yeah. I look at that one and say, hey, that's McQuarrie's yeah. thing for Phase Two. And well, I'll tell you what. I, I looked at it and I've, I I reacted to it in not only the fact that it's you know, and because we know we we we're yeah. not at, not. Every, you know, again, wider audience. You're not necessarily going to know that it's a Ruffle Quarry. You should, but you're probably you know, you, it's okay if you don't. Well, it's like it's like Star Wars Rebels. Yeah. Bringing in a lot of Ralph McQuarrie's designs, right. designs for Star Wars. Yeah. Star Trek's doing the same thing because McQuarrie was brilliant. Yeah. In in conceiving all of this stuff, I mean, we wouldn't have Star Wars. Oh right. If it yeah. weren't for Ralph McQuarrie's concept art. No, no, no. His, and, and his he designs, defined the look. Yeah. Or, or inspired the look of so much of the films that you don't even you don't even know. I mean, it's 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 amazing. Well, I find it funny too that um, so many people who are criticizing the the look of the Discovery, you know, Star Trek Discovery is the name of the show. Uh, people who are who are criticizing the look of the ship, um, you know, they're saying all oh, the CG looks cartoony, but they're saying, well, this is a design that Star Trek's creator rejected. So why should mm. we use it? It was like he no no that's that's internet logic. Yeah. That doesn't work in the real world because right. it's not the Enterprise. It's a completely different ship, well, which means and, a different class, which means a different design. Well, and and, and not that. only that, but Gene Roddenberry, for all his brilliance, um, also was not always right. You know, he's not like, he's you know, the great bird of the galaxy was mm. not like the great omnipotent, all-knowing, all-powerful bird of the galaxy. Right. He, was, he, he bought he, into his own press, but he was not... He had some fantastic perfect. decisions, and he had some not-so-fantastic decisions. Um, and so, you know, eh, guys, relax. The ship, it's not probably... It's, they say it's not necessarily the final design, but I like it. I, I like it. I reacted to it much more favorably than I reacted to... When we first, when I saw the the first photos, because it was it was photos first, of of the next generation ship, 
Oh, Next generation God, enterprise. enterprise D. I didn't like it either. And it grew on me over over time because I because it was because of the show itself. I mean, the second the first season was very rocky. Second season on, but there was the characters and the environment and the Enterprise becomes a character. That's how it works. Yes, the Hilton. Yeah, Starfleet. <laughs> but it Hilton. still was Starfleet Hilton. Yeah. Um, and well, I mean, eh. really, you've got uh, you've got Starfleet Hilton with Enterprise D. You have right. uh, uh, Starfleet Apple Store with. Kelvin Enterprise. Except in the new Star Trek movie, uh, the lens flares are almost gone. That's good. It's really that's interesting good. to see what that ship looks like without the lens flares. Yeah. It's very bright, but it's still not like shining in your face. Um, plug here, uh, the um, Star Trek uh, Beyond is, my opinion, the best of the three films. It's that's the, not saying much. It's the most, it's, it feels the most like the original set of movies. It's got the most callbacks to, and I think it's appropriate because Simon Pegg's a fan and one of the primary writers on it. It's so many callbacks to the original series. Some the character, the, the actors are in the characters in a way that I think they finally, they they, they really do inhabit them well. And I think it's I think it's handled really well. I'm it's got some flaws to it still because it's you know there's only you you were never gonna make everybody happy, but I enjoyed it more than all th than the other two, and I think it felt it felt the most like a. It's still an action movie, right? But right. it's still almost like a Star Trek movie. I was pleased. I was pleased. I well, was pleased. that's a ringing endorsement. Well, <coughs> it's the best of the three. It doesn't mean much, but no, I had a good. I mean, I I didn't ever look at the screen and go, "Why are you doing this?" Well, that's good. That's <laughs> Which good. I think it is. Well, I mean, you know, it's. Yeah, it's the best of the films. I'm I'm happy I'm happy to hear that the news came out they're doing a fourth one, at least. Uh, and, that's the rumor. And, uh, and uh, it's going to focus on well, at least I don't say focus. It at least is going to include again Chris Hemsworth as George Samuel Kirk. And what I want is I want that to be their Mirror Universe movie, where he didn't die and he's evil. That's what I want. See, Paramount. I think I think the mirror universe has gotten gotten played out. I think uh, because you know you had so many you had so many episodes of Deep Space Nine that took place in that universe, mm -hmm. and I think if they go there now, mm -hmm. this early in the Kelvin Trek run, then you're doing the same thing you did with Into Darkness, which is just basically rehashing Star Trek II. Well, see, I would I would disagree in the very simple sense that what they did not do right for rehashing Star Trek II was, well, they should have just told the story they were going to tell and left the name Khan off everything. And the story would have worked fine. Yeah. It was... Be, Except it, for the magic transporter and the magic blood. Well, no, 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 yeah, I mean, yes, and the, no argument there. But your dreadnought. But that well, no, your your big your big giant dreadnought thing. Your big giant dreadnought story would would have worked fine if you're just if Khan was somebody else. But um, the Mary Universe again. We come back to what the fans know and what mm. the wider audience. Because remember that the that the you know yes again I know. So, it's but still... also, when was Deep Space Nine last on the air? I've been binge watching it, so it's on yeah. So, so yeah, it's it's been a while. Yeah. So, in terms of it, so that's and and you know what? That's gonna be my pet theory until we hear otherwise. I saw uh, comments about one of the one of the publicity photos that Renegades put out with Terry Farrell. Uh huh. Now, Terry Farrell, for those of you who don't know, she was Jadzia Dax on Deep Space Nine. Right. This was. 20 some odd years ago now 
And the the photograph of Terry, uh, it looks, I mean, right off the bat, I could recognize she's in age makeup. Mm, sure. They have aged her. She's got gray in the temples and, you know, right. some lines around her face. And everybody's like, well, Terry just looks awful. And I'm looking at him thinking, she's in character. Wait a minute. All of the other publicity photos. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's a couple of them. Uh, you know, Aaron Eisenberg, who played Nog, uh, who's going to be playing, apparently, uh, a, a made-up character. Mm, okay. uh, you know, uh, uh, makeup effects and whatnot. Kind of like he did in sure. Star Trek. So his photo is just him. Mm-hmm. But for for most everybody else, you know, Tim Russ and 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 Walter Koenig and Michelle Nichols, all, everybody that's in the cast, they're in character in right. their photographs. Right. And here's Terry, and people are reacting as if this is just a picture of Terry. I'm like, no, she's in character, guys. Are you just now noticing that women are held to a... No, no, no. Older, it, well, it's, it's not that. It, it was specifically to her picture. Oh yeah, well that, that's the, what I mean. That it's, it's, it's. We, is, we've heard about so many, so many actresses have talked about getting. You know, they get above thirty, and people are freaking out about casting them. Right. Um, you know, well, the fact, I know. I know. It's an it's an old story, but. Um, and then you get then you get films like what is it was it Red where you got. Uh, uh, Helen Mirren with a bazooka. I know. I mean, so come well, on. <laughs> well, and and uh, and I'm happy to report, and I'm very very proud of this. And I don't know where it's going to go, but um, Terry Farrell and I are now friends on Facebook. Well, there you go. I tell you, it made my year. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So uh, yeah. Until it, she hears this show, which uh, is. <laughs> I'm saying good things about her. I'm defending her honor. Right. Like a good Klingon would. <laughs> I am defending her honor so she can enter into Stovacore. Sure. I just saw those episodes here not too long ago. So um, That's a show that, is, that show actually holds up well. It does. It does hold up. And I think it holds up even better when you binge watch it. Oh, because yeah. Because of the arcs. Because, yeah. because the, especially in the later seasons, it became so arc-heavy. Mm-hmm. With uh, with the Pa Wraiths and the Dominion War and, and all of this other and stuff. And what's interesting for a show that as much as we appreciate the positive aspects of Star Trek and that, that looking out in the universe and saying we, you know, humanity will be okay. We're going to get out there and, you know, we're going <laughs> to... And then you get into something like Deep Space Nine where it's showing the dark... It's showing war and the darker mm-hmm. side of nature. And at the same time, it's still every one of those characters... You know, all the characters that we care about in that show are actually trying to make the world a better place. Yeah, and it's it's a weird thing where even the that there's a there's a and I won't spoil it too much if you guys haven't seen it, but there's a Cisco episode where he does a thing which is wrong, a terrible thing. He does a terrible thing, and he does it knowing full well that he is. He's basically tainting his soul in a way you cannot come back from. But he's doing something that he feels is completely necessary. And he turns out to be right. Yeah. But it is a moment where you would never have... And some of it was the time. You couldn't write an original series episode like that. Right. At the time. Right. Next Generation, for all the dark places they would occasionally go. They went with some dark places with Picard. They took him some really dark places. Yeah, but it didn't involve the crew. Uh, one of one of my biggest complaints about uh, Next Generation has always been that the that everybody on the Enterprise got along. Yeah, there was no conflict within your main ensemble of characters like there was with DS Nine. 
Right. DS9 was much more believable in that because they didn't all like each other at the right. beginning. I mean, Kira was sitting there going, I don't want any of you here. And Odo was uh, like, just stay in line. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't care to get yeah. along with all of you. You're just going to follow the rules. And, well, and there it, was that conflict that you didn't have with Next Generation that I think they recognize even putting it into Voyager because you had the Maquis. Right. And the, the Starfleet mm-hmm. crew had to interact and had to had to integrate together. And so that's you actually, had conflict there. That's actually a little sub nod to the original series and a little sub plot kind of moment that actually takes place in the new Star Trek movie. Does it? Where Kirk basically goes, you know, we've been out here for three years. Sometimes it feels a little episodic. <laughs> and and he goes in real he goes in relationships and you see you actually see crew members, you know, getting together and then you see one having a fight and basically getting thrown out. And it's like, yeah, it's little human moments where you right. basically see those kind of things. Because it would be there. And in in the bigger picture of, of the Star Trek universe, Deep Space Nine went to those places that the other shows didn't. Now the new show, Discovery, we're looking at basically season long arcs is what we're what we're hearing. Yeah. Which I think is is a good choice because we're well, episodic stuff has you can do it now, but it's so most audiences don't necessarily want episodic. Well, and I think Not really. too. I think the other thing too is that they're looking at the Netflix model, the Amazon Prime right. model, those kind of things, where people people are more likely to binge watch stuff. Right. Yeah. And the season long arc actually works for that. Mm-hmm. And and whether whether or not you sit and watch them one episode at a time, or if you wait until they're all out, watch them all at once. Uh, I think there's a better uh, a better opportunity to tell that kind of a story right. than you otherwise would just doing on network television. Now you can still do the you you can still do the story arcs on network, sure, because sure. that's where that's where DS9 played out. But um, but I think that that model mm-hmm. of the story arc, the season long arc, has been impacted positively. By all of the binge watching on the on the on demand. Well, yeah, stuff, I think so. I think people are looking for more deeper and broader stories. People are more used to that idea that well, but they also play out over a number of episodes as opposed to just one. But they also like I think they audiences like the fact that you can actually go deeper into a character, deeper into a storyline if you're not resetting yeah. every hour. So. Um, once upon a time, getting Aladdin and Jafar and Princess Jasmine. Hooray! Um, what else? What else? What else? I mean, there's just so much else. else. We aren't even. We aren't even. But that's. uh, We got Injustice Two video game. Right. Yeah. We've got. uh, I think a new Sonic the Hedgehog game coming. I think. Um, uh, And apparently, the word is. I can't remember if this came out of of San Diego or not. The Pokemon Go that everybody's doing right now. Oh yeah. Apparently. What's available currently is only about ten percent of what they've got planned. Wow, is what I'm hearing. Considering the considering the amount of money that has already made, considering the amount of impact it has already had, I I can't imagine. I cannot. I don't fathom. feel left out. I don't. But at either. the same time, I, I kind I, of feel like I'm not one of the cool kids. But I'm, I'm used to being like perf- that. Actually, I'm perfectly so. fine not being a cool kid because <laughs> I've never been a cool kid. Um, and and to the best of my knowledge, I have not researched this because really, it's not keeping me up at night. I don't think there are any Pokemon to be captured anywhere around headquarters here, and I'm fine with that because I want you to stay off the new lawn 
because it's brand new grass. I mean, it, it's really, literally brand new. Two weeks. It's been sitting out <laughs> and there. And it's hot in Kansas City this it summer. Is. And, and they're coming through with a truck yeah. every, every, every so often to water. Oh, so, good. good. So it's a giant... It's a giant water bazooka cannon on the back of a truck, and they're so you're getting your free car wash. I'm getting a car wash every nice. every couple two three days. Nice. And they're watering my yard. Cool. And it's, I mean, it's just it's giant spray of water. It's your city taxes at work. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. See, it's, right. it's it's a direct it's a direct uh, return on your investment in the city. Finally. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us oh, this yes. time out. Uh, next, and there's so much we didn't talk about. Oh, there, there is. really is. There we'll, is. We'll, 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 over the next few weeks, we'll have more out. Too. Next week, episode 125. Yep. Uh, the week, I think, the week after that, Kansas City Comic Con. The week after that, WorldCon. Mm-hmm. And our plan, if everything goes right, fingers right. crossed. Yeah. Our plan is to do H2O live from WorldCon. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Right. Um, we will at least record it so we have a backup copy. <clears throat> yeah. And maybe a backup uh-huh. of the backup. And uh, so we've got that. We're going to do live versions of some of our other podcasts while we're out there. Hopefully we can get all of that set up and arranged and, and the technology Maybe some special guests. Maybe some special maybe. guests. Uh, we close. have we have got a tentative agreement from Alan Dean Foster for mm-hmm. an interview while we're at a Worldcon, right? Um, and I'm sure we'll be able to talk to Kevin J. Anderson because he's going to be out there, right? Yeah, nominated for Hugo for the first time last yes, year. Yes, yes. And um, all sorts of all sorts of things that are in discussion and in the works and and in flux apparently. Uh, because decisions got made and the decisions got changed, and now there are so many moving pieces to yeah. running a convention as it is, and and so many moving pieces to what we want to do, and the fact that we're getting to do, we are still going to have unprecedented access, yes, and unprecedented ability to get this stuff out to you guys. So we're excited about it. Yeah. So all of that's coming up in the next few weeks, and uh, that means that we have to go now so we can start prepping and doing our homework because we've still got a lot of Hugo stuff to read. Oh yeah. And more coffee to drink and uh, all sorts of stuff. So that's going to do it for us. If you have a comment, a question, an idea, a suggestion, if you have thoughts about uh, the news coming out of San Diego, send us an email, h2o at sci-fi-for-me.com. Or you can leave us a comment on all our social media or on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Tumblr, YouTube, and Twitch. <sighs> and that's uh, that's it. For all of us here at Sci-Fi From Your Radio, I'm Jason Hunt. I'm Timothy Harvey. And uh, we will be back with another episode of H2O next week. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio. Copyright 2016 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 